When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Maples, a.k.a. J. Mapes, here as always with Kings. Uh, we are a day late. Uh, you know, the football was just going down last night, so we pushed it back a day. Kings, what's going on, my boy? Man, man, doing good, man. Raiders playoffs, second time since 2002. It's a great, it was a great weekend. No, no, they went in 2016, right? With, with yes, Carr broke the second, second time. Second time, second, second time, second time, second time, second time. Because it was Super Bowl and then 2016 and then this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. At least you've seen the Super Bowl this millennium. You feel me? <laughs> at least you at least you've been involved in one. Ain't ain't seen much success since though. But yeah, man. Uh, you know, we call it a peace treaty due to pot. But uh, this next week, man, Oakland, uh Niners, Raiders, Cowboys in the playoffs, Niners and Cowboys <laughs> play each other. This is just it's gonna be many. Man, you know, it had me thinking, you know, if, if the Raiders would have tied, it would have been all of California football fans' favorite teams would have been in the playoffs. We'd have had the Chargers, the Niners, the Raiders, the Rams, and the Cowboys. That's like the top five favorite teams for everybody in California if you watch professional football. Man. Okay, so real quick before we – I'm putting your feet to the fire. Real quick before we get to the hoop, I'm going to go just give me quick – no, no analysis. Just who's gonna win? I'm gonna go down to each game. Raiders, Bengals, Raiders, Patriots, Bills, Pats, Niners, Cowboys, Cowboys, Eagles, Bucks, Bucks, Steelers, Chiefs, Chiefs, and Cardinals, Rams. Cardinals, Rams, the last one. Yes, yeah, and it's in L.A. Man, Whew, that's a tough <laughs> one. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Ooh, upset. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, the Cardinals, I think they finished the season one and five. The only win was that Cowboys game. Yeah, so, but uh, I don't like how the Rams finished the season either. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Obviously, uh, really a historic day for Bay Area sports, really. Honestly, I think nobody will forget yesterday. You had the Niners and Raiders doing what they did. Right. And on top of that, return of a Bay Area legend, uh, NBA Hall of Famer, should have been damn near top 75. Clay Thompson. Um, man, we got a lot to to talk about with Clay. Man, first off, let me pull up his numbers real quick. Seven of eighteen, uh, three of eight from three, seventeen points, three bounds, one assist. Um, what was your just your quick takeaway about what what you saw from Clay? Man, it was a I think it was, it was a very emotional uh, game. I could see from him. Uh, having played hoops since 2019 um, since the finals 
Uh, he was very excited to be there, very amped to be there. You can tell he left a lot of it on the floor. Uh, one of the things that surprised me was uh, the first of all, that on the dunk, I was cut off on the dunk for multiple reasons. One, <laughs> the, the handle, I think, surprised me the more than anything. I was like, wait, that wait. cross, the cross. I said, when did when was Clay crossing people up like this? I mean, I know he had a little bit, but I, I didn't think he could take bigs off the dribble like that. And then the finish, man, the finish was like, okay, you know, I, that, I think that the way he attacked that rim, I think, signifies the type of player Clay Thompson is, is that uh, he's, he, you know, he's, he's always going to leave it all on the floor and he's not afraid to put it on the line. That's just the type of player he is when it comes to playing basketball on both sides of the court. He's just going to put everything on the line. And he's going to give it his best and go 100%. So that dunk, I think, you know, first game back since 2019, I think that really signified like, you know, the type of player Clay Thompson is. Yeah, you know what's crazy? So I wasn't super surprised. I, I had to finally see it. But so peep this. In like mid-November, this dude is reaching out to, you know, I coach at CC. Yeah. He's reaching out. He was like, yeah, you have any of your old players? We trying to get uh, uh, guys to come scrimmage with Clay. Right. So this is mid-November. So he's been scrimmaging full throttle since about mid-November. And I guess the when you read the benchmark was if he could play 12 straight minutes without getting tired was when he was going to come back. So he's been like playing five on five for a minute now. It's just a matter of what he was wanting to get his wind up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just impressive to see. I, I was actually looking at it like once you get past the like, oh, he is, I'm, I'm happy to see Clay back. You get kind of nervous as the fan of an opposing team because in about a month that rest is going to be off. Yeah, and those shots he he was missing, the shots he were missing, um, th- those are money for his career mostly. And like I said, modern medicine is crazy, man. He out there with no knee brace, ankle brace, nothing, just out there naked with it. Um, I, I, I was, it, it's damn near approaching scary hours. Um, if if he's where I think he will be in a month. And I think like I like I think you you had mentioned this a couple of times. We talked about what do we expect from him. You mentioned a few times about um I saw you on a timeline on a pod if you talk, mentioned how much better the surgery has gotten with ACL yeah. and Achilles. So the recovery, the bounce back is uh, is a little it's still tough, but it's 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 you know, it's more practical to expect normal bounce back in, in, in a given time. So man, I, I just I don't know what you what can be done about these warriors? We'll have to see, you know. Woo. So big big picture of this like I just did. Uh what does Clay's return mean for the Warriors in whole to you? Uh, I mean it gives them their access to their best lineup uh, that they've uh, mastered for the you know over the past uh, half a decade, which is the death lineup. Having access to your all-time lineup is obviously gonna take you to higher levels. And like I kept saying, you know, with Clay Thompson there, the Warriors go from a contending title team to a historically great team. And now you need historically great players to actually beat that team. This is why I said when the Warriors are healthy, I, I don't see <laughs> no type of Phoenix Suns beating the Warriors because when you have that type of talent that meshes well with that type of scheme and coaching, you need historically great all-time players to beat that team. Like that's just that's just what it comes down to. That's like the only way you're gonna win. 
So this is why that's why you know the Lakers have a puncher's chance. It's why I have the Bucks as their uh, worst matchup. It's why I say also the Nets are also a team that I could see you know winning a series. You just need you just need that type of greatness to beat a team like that. You, it's just you can't. You're not. I'm not going to no series picking. I'm not picking no Utah Jazz. I'm not picking no Phoenix Suns. I might pick the Grizzlies to go six and give it a tough seven because for whatever reason, you know, the Grizzlies match up really well and played them really tough. But, you know, other than that, it's like you can't pick a team without all-time great to beat the Warriors. Like, you just can't do that. Well, yeah, I guess that's healthy, Clippers, healthy Clippers, I, I, I would say I would like to see that series. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, I, actually, a little bit of news. I don't know if you saw Ramona Shelbourne was on uh, – I posted an interview she did on the timeline. Um, Kawhi is way ahead of schedule, like they yeah. said. Um, the only yeah. issue was with Paul George's elbow injury, they're going to take a look at where they are in the standings right. and decide is it worth it to bring those two back. Or you pull out, cash in on the pick to go with the younger body to go with those guys on the trade piece and fire it up for next year. So the Clippers will have some decisions to make, given on how I think how the next couple of weeks go. Um, I know a lot of teams are trying to avoid that middle spot. That, that no man's land. Either you're going to go in all for it or we just go, you know, play young guys yeah. and see what happens. So, man, Clay, that's big. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was like, I can possibly see myself taking Phoenix, but after watching him move in a month, I think I'm damn near about to be on your side with it. I just, I don't, a team has to have all time talent. Uh, LeBron James, Giannis Tanakupo. Kevin Durant. Uh, Durant. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with that. Um. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving on. So a lot has been going on with the Boston Celtics on, on, on a couple oh, levels. <laughs> a lot. I mean, Udoka uh, talked about, you know, publicly kind of throwing players under the bus about not listening to instructions he gave. Um, you got people saying that the Jays need to be broken up, which is wild to me. We'll get into that in a second here. Um, the Celtics, they sit right now and right in that 10th spot, 20 and 21, tied with the New York Knicks. They barely escaped the Indiana Pacers tonight. Just based on any Celtics game you've seen, what you've been reading, what, what, what do you think is the issue with this Celtics team, you know, at a face value. Uh, still still what we've been saying for a while. No point guard. No, no, no true playmaker to get everybody, you know, set up to what they need to be. Um, you know, Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, as good as they are scoring wise, they haven't taken the steps in terms of overall play, overall facilitating that PG and Kawhi have. That's I think that's the dynamic those two have that Tatum and Jalen Brown do not have. Uh, PG's always been a fairly solid playmaker, and Kawhi has d- taken uh, great strides to become passable in that department. So those two clear them in that area, which is why you see a lot better 
uh, fluidity and, and consistency with the Clippers than you do with the Seas. And then outside of that, too, they just don't have any real interior defense. I mean, those are two areas that they've been lacking for a while now. Um, they've tr tried to find ways to, to play around that. Um, and it just always bites them in the, you know, comes back to bite them. And then they just never seem to address it, really. Uh, they try to find cheap options to do it. Uh, you know, I love Dennis uh, Schroeder and I, you know, I love, love his game, but he's not a real point guard. You know, he's more of a scoring combo guard. Uh, you know what I mean? So he has to be play, he has to play off playmaking wings or play off play other playmaking guards or playmaking bigs uh, because he's more of a scorer. He's going to do drips. His best playmaking asset is just going to be driving kick or, you know, cutting to the basket, finishing and transition, et cetera. But he's not going to help set your offense up, get guys to the right spot. So, you know, it's just those two things have continued to be an issue for Boston. And they, they just, for whatever reason, just, they just don't address it. Right. That, I actually think well, I did some research on this because I was I was leaning the same way with you. Uh, Tatum actually is taking a big jump with his playmaking. It's like it's among wings. It's like almost top tier. Uh, JB still below average with his. So I think there's something to that. They just it's I agree with you. It's not natural to either of them. Like they're natural. Their first their first nature is to I'm scoring, which is fine, but you need a connector, and that's not. You know, Dennis Schroeder, that's not Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's actually been their, you know, most consistent point guard, and we both know how we feel about him. Uh, I, I, when it comes down to it, they're not guarding him when it matters. I think you said that in the playoffs in the bubble a couple of years ago. <laughs> so I, I agree with you the point. I think what they really goofed is when you let Hayward walk. Hayward was just a, a connector for that team. Yeah, playmaking wise, the ball kept moving. I think it just sticks a lot with those guys. And, you know, people are giving Udoka a lot. Um, I think part of it's unfair because it's literally the same issues they had last year. Because there's yeah. nothing that you can say that, well, when since uh, I made Udoka's got here, this has been worse. It's just, it's the same exact issues. You know, bad shot selection, uh, bad offense down the stretch. You know, no point guard. So you can't really put that on. And, you know, I already feel a certain type of way, the discourse with, you know, black yeah. coaches already. I would say, you know, obviously some Boston diehards that probably find something, you know, to nitpick on Udoka with. But, I mean, as you said, at the overall arching issues are it's still the same with the roster construction. So, I mean, if, if uh, you know, Stevens can really do much with it, what do you expect Udoka to do? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not it's just not, you know, feasible to look at that roster and expect, you know, him to uh, field a contender with that roster. Um, you know, I, the rumblings that they're playing, waiting on certain guys to come in the off season, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so that's, if that's like, you know, the, the game plan or whatever, then you have to judge the, you have to judge it accordingly. You know, all this noise about, oh, we were competing here and uh, in the Eastern Cup Finals, and now we just fell off. Like, you were on your way off before he got there. So, I mean, it's not something that you can just attribute to the head coach. And that, exactly. I'm with you on that. It's just – it's overlying. But, you know, I think the whole – this whole NBA season, I see several teams, uh, Lakers, Nets. Last year it was the Warriors. Um 
Celtics, any type of rough patch, the first thing, you know, is the coach is terrible. And I think that, and that somewhat bothers me because at the end of the day, players, players win games. I understand like scheme matters. Like putting guy, if I can see like putting in position, but if you got a guy that's making bad decisions, it's like that, like some of that is out of the coach's hands. Like you got to trust players to be players at some point. You you over there uh, taking a page at a coach Ricky G Ricky G. Man, I mean I'm not I'm, no no don't get me wrong. There's some stuff like you know like I didn't pick Vogel on some stuff like you know maybe not paying like just not playing Reeves enough. Uh, bad lineups. You know what I mean? That mellow at the five thing needs to die. Just like little stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like just. They gonna say I'm harping on a guy. Or you know, like hey, yeah, Bronco not making Westbrook shoot breaks. That, 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 that's exactly my point. He's not making those guys take shots. I saw Avery Bradley got a steal and just took a contested three with 20 on the shot clock. Like, when has Avery Bradley ever done that? Like, it's doesn't the coach. Like, it's just stuff, certain stuff that is that's beyond the coach. Yeah, so, that's the coach's hands, man. Right, and so that that's kind of where I am with these guys blaming the coach. But so my follow up question is. um, you see a lot of national talking heads suggest that I think it's crazy because the wing position is probably where you win the day most on the NBA with versatility yeah. on the wing. But a lot of people are suggesting to break up the Jays. Uh, where are you with that? I think the only logical explanation to, to break the up is that you need to place him with a wing playmaker if you're going to get rid of him. So if you're not getting Ben Simmons back for Jalen Brown, there's really no point of really trading Jalen Brown. I mean, who are you going to get? For Jalen Brown, you're gonna get a scoring combo guard, like you know what I mean. Like, what's what's the actual return value you're trying to get from Jalen Brown? Um, if you're not filling a need with a star-like player, there's no reason to trade any of the wings. Honestly, like I said, ideally for them, trade Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. Now you have your you know the type of stick scheme that Boston plays that allows Ben Simmons to get downhill, you know, more small and more versatile. Trying to space the floor with your shooters. You have Ben Simmons looking good. Probably he's going to average 16, 18. And then he sets everybody else up to score more easier. Now your defense keeps that versatility that you have with those uh, power wings and, you know, smaller bigs who are athletic and also kind of physical. So I think Ben Simmons really just fits their play style on both sides of the ball. So if you're going to trade Jalen Brown, that's like the only trade you can logically make that you can say we got better. But, like, outside of that, there's no other guys you can target who the other team will actually want to trade you and, like, say we got better. You know what I mean? Because, obviously, you could trade, like, what, Jalen Brown for um, – you could say, well, if we trade Jalen Brown for uh, Luka Doncic or Nikola Jokic, we get better. Like, uh, yeah, no duh. But, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, that's not, right. That's not going to happen. I, I guess – I. <sighs> I don't know, man. Fox is that would be a wild card. I think that's another one I could see potentially being good. That could theoretically fit some holes for him. It would really have to depend on how much you like Fox going forward. You know what's crazy? So the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and two other teams actually had scouts at the Kings Cavs game. Yeah. So there's definitely something about the shake. Uh, I think in about five days, when this trade deadline for the guys who the guys who were signed can finally be traded, I think yeah. this is going to be a crazy deadline. Oh yeah, it's going to be Definitely. a crazy deadline. Uh, I expect the Lakers to make some wiggle for sure. Uh, even the Nets, I think, uh, possibly the Warriors Everybody. might take a swing. 
I think with how good the Warriors were before Clay came back and with how good Clay looks physically, I don't think anybody's going to be rest sitting on the sitting on. Right. Yep. Yep. I think everybody understands that, especially with how dominant the Warriors were on their run, they can't sit down. Like they can't sit (laughs) by and expect it to magically decline. Yeah. I just, I just, I can't envision the Lakers going with this collection of 15 into a series. They're not going to. So so that's why I don't even understand why people (laughs) get on the timeline defending this stuff. You know, talking about you know putting the you know getting on the Russell Westbrook, uh, you know defense attorneys like bro, if the Lakers are serious about winning, what will needs to be done will be done. Like that's just what it comes down to. And if it doesn't get done, they don't want to win because they're not gonna win. You know, you know what I mean? You're not gonna win. That's just what it is. Ooh, that's wild, man. So you're no, you're a no on giving up the breaking up the Jays unless it goes with the star. Yeah, it has to be a star, and it has to be a star that fits their need. They need a big, like they need a real star big, or they need a star playmaker. Like they need one of those two. You know what's crazy? I suggested that Ben Simmons trade, and Celtics fans got upset. <laughs> I, I, I get, I get why they get scared because they're in love fashion with the three level score. But like people have to also look at what Ben Simmons does well. I that's think that's true. the problem. They're Very so true. mad with the fact that he disappears. Certain, but you also have to look at. Ben Simmons' best attributes is obviously was always going to clash with Embiid because Embiid's a post scorer. You know what I mean? It was always going to clash when you have a drive, when you have a elite playmaker whose greatest skill set is rim pressure and scoring inside because he can't shoot, and your other best player is a post player. Like that was always going to have wonky clashes at the end of the games. But if your best player is a perimeter scorer who likes to shoot jumpers, and then Ben Simmons comes in and he's the go-to guy inside like that's a way better synergistic thing right right bro like you just it's just basketball sense bro but like you know how fans be when they see certain narratives and all this type of stuff they just start going overboard with it i think my thing with ben simmons personally is i like his game but it's hard justifying that on a max deal that's the only thing but i do love i do like like overall he's a net positive like there's no disputing that it's just that when you guy makes that i think that type of i've always said that type of money is given. It's like if I need something at the end of the game and it's broken down, I, I can give it to you. You can get to the chicken. I, I, as much as I hate to admit it, I don't think he would be like a Giannis type player, but I do think people are right when they say he needs a team built for him. Like he really does. I, I, I think when he gets to a scheme where they playing, like just imagine if Ben Simmons was playing on like a, you know, it was it was like, like playing off a Ty Lue system, right? For example, right? right. Just imagine type of like you could he could easily get twenty points and ten assists in a uh, spread out, you know, system where he's over here controlling the raw offense. But it's hard when you know you have to feed MB. You know what I mean? Like you have to run sets for MB. You have to run actions with MB, and it's like. It's always always going to clash. So he needs a team that's built to his strengths. And when he gets that team, then you'll see that he fits his match contract. Will that team win is a different question. <laughs> that's a whole different question entirely. But I do think you will see the real skill sets of Ben Simmons when he has that team. All right, there you have it, Kings, the Ben Simmons believer. Shout out. He's, one of, too, one of the... he's too talented. And even with all – even with all – you know, even with all the uh, disadvantages he plays with, he still finds his way to get you 16, 
you know, eight and eight. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the disappointment with Simmons is the two guys who were drafted behind him make such leaps and bounds with yeah. their individual skill set. Yeah, he just doesn't get better. But you see, that's my point. I yeah. think the reason he doesn't get better is he doesn't play on schemes that allow him to really get better because he's never going to be able to shoot. Like, that's just I just think <laughs> people just have to accept that reality. Yeah, I, I mean that's fair. I just I, I think it's twofold. Like I think. Um, I think Kenny Smith on his he had the best. He's like, yeah, this is Philadelphia's fault and this is Ben Simmons' fault. I, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's definitely it's it's definitely twofold. I just I think people I they see how much better uh, uh Ingram and Jalen Brown got from their rookie year to now, and they just they don't see that that same improvement. Like there was such a gap between Ben and them as rookies, and it's just gotten closer and closer every year. I mean, you can argue what <laughs> it's arguments for both you can say both of them in certain situations will be better. Oh, yeah, better that, that's what I'm saying. So I think that's what that's what people, you know, kind of rest people the wrong way about. But I think you make some great points about the overall net positive he brings, you know, to a team and possibly needing his own, you know, becoming a feature guy on offense possibly or at least on the ball a lot more in his hands and not having a big post-up threat that's going to maybe, you know, shrink the floor for him. I think in Boston, I think the Boston, he does fit theoretically with Tatum. Tatum needs a playmaker to set him up. Uh, Tatum's not going to be a big post-up guy. The lane's going to be open. Rob Williams is a live threat, so I, I think it could work. But I don't know how you know realistic that that trade is on both ends. You know, Maury really wants a home run for Ben. That's what the holdup is, you know, right now. Where it's always going to come, and I think this is where you know people get humbled because you don't. You can only get home runs. If two people are willing to come to, to right, <laughs> that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. Right. I mean, As, maybe more, maybe more he lucks out and, <laughs> and he gets that Dame trade that he's been wanting for because that's the one he really wants. But maybe he yeah, lucks out yeah. and get it. Last thing. King said we had to talk about Westbrook. I was trying to avoid it, y'all. <laughs> Nah, so the last week is for Russ has been really rough. Ironically, I think the Lakers had a four and one homestand, right? Yeah, four and one homestand. I think it just ended ugly. They finally played a playoff team. I think people were looking to see some growth, and the game was just really not competitive after the middle of the second quarter. Um, Memphis, I think Memphis is if they're not a contender, they're knocking on the door. Um, I think people just they're not accepting it because it's Memphis. But if you watch right. them play, he's like they they have the superstar, they have the role players, they have defenders, and they have the coaching and they have the depth. They they hit every single bar of a contender except and, experience. And they match up they match up well with a lot of contenders because exactly. they have a lot of versatility, have a lot of size. Exactly, and I, exactly. Um, anyway, we'll talk about Memphis next week. Got a special guest coming on, hint, hint. So, Lakers have been winning four out of five. Just the last four games have been really rough shooting-wise uh, for Westbrook, decision-making. Uh, the turnovers, I will say that's a good thing. Turnovers are way down, which is good. But just overall, where are you with uh, – where's your Westbrook meter right now? We got to start keeping on, on a scale from zero to ten. Where are you on the Westbrook meter? Ten. You're completely happy he's here. And ready for the, you know, the playoff from a rest, but zero is get his ass out of here. Where are you on the zero to 10 on your Westbrook meter right now? 
I think I'm pretty much, I think I've been zero most of the season. I think the <laughs> highest I've ever gotten to was like maybe a three. I think that's probably the highest I ever gotten to. That was when LeBron was out, but even then it went back to zero really quick. Um, but yeah, you know, I think everybody's, I'm, start, I'm starting to see the rumblings on the timeline of people wanting him going for role players. Uh, you know, the seeds I planted <laughs> on a, a few pods, episodes back, you know, I, it was too easy to see coming forward. And now it's only been, I think, expedited by the fact that he himself has is making it known that he don't want to be there. I think one if you watch one of the post-game responses and they were like, uh, oh, how's, what, what's your thought process as the point guard? He said, oh, really? It's essentially saying that he's not the point guard of the team or he doesn't have point guard duties when he plays on the team. You know, you, you know what, Bob? Like, I get when people do that. I, I watch the pressers now to see. Like, I get when, like, I like when play when people ask stupid questions or the punk. I get when players get upset. But some of those questions are like legit. Like, they asked him, like, what is his mindset? Like, what is he like? That's a fair question to me. Yeah, like, he just like he just getting snappy at every question now, which is like, all right, dude. Like, but you can see why he would say that though, because I think he feels like he's not he's not getting his his, his role. He's not playing the style that he likes to play and, and you know a lot of people are and it's and it's really and it's just funny to see Westbrook fans or Westbrook stands be like oh yeah they need to give Westbrook the ball or let Westbrook make the decisions yeah Russell Westbrook making decisions over LeBron James not only is that even ridiculous it's, the, it's, it's also fun because they actually do that when have the when is the when's the last time you have seen LeBron James set this many on ball screens off ball screens like they're playing LeBron James at center for for Christ's sake they they move LeBron James at 37 year olds to center so that Westbrook can be more effective and 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 people are still crying about how Westbrook's being used you know what? at this you know what? it's your it's 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 him it's him like just accept that it's him like everyone needs to just accept that him LeBron James is 37 years old and is playing center he is starting center Bro, LeBron James, the Houston Rockets ended up doing the same thing. They made Rocco be the center. Everybody tries to make it work with him, and it doesn't work. Enough of the excuses, bro. Like, just enough. Enough is enough, bro. Enough. What, do you, what does it take? LeBron, do you need LeBron James to get, God forbid, get hurt playing center for you to realize, oh, we shouldn't have been doing this? Like, come on, man. Like, enough, bro. Enough. Enough. It's okay to admit that it was the wrong decision. He don't even like it. He don't even like his role, bro. He don't like his role. You can see from the last presser. It's okay to make we made a mistake. Look, I don't like the idea of wasting seasons. I get Russ would be a lot easier to trade in the offseason. You don't need that, especially with AD trying to come back, and especially you're trying to compete now. Just find a way to get him off for some role guys. Like, just admit that you messed up the trade, bro. Like, honestly. Like I'm of the mentality that you just keep THT. I don't even blame THT. He's in a bad spot. How can he develop when he has that guy playing playing ahead of him, try, needing to get the ball? Like he can't develop. He can't develop. You like know, I can't even blame THT. He can't develop. How can he develop? So, and here's the thing. I, I want to be completely fair because our people are like. So, what do you say to people who, who are saying that LeBron at center is working? and Malik Monk's having a career year because of Westbrook's playmaking. Like, what are you, like, what they saying, like, that that's directly tied to Westbrook. And to be fair to Westbrook, his playmaking is 
grades are still top of the league. Like it's like yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. Hard. I mean, I mean, he he he's a great playmaker. He's definitely getting LeBron nice looks off the off the off the um you know off his ability to facilitate. Definitely, I think if you get rid of Westbrook and you bring in role guys, LeBron James gums goes off comes off that scorer type of play style that he's around right now. He goes back to the all playmaker reads, you know, make the read, break down the defense, LeBron. But here's my thing. Here's my point. And here's my point to this. Who as good as Le, as good as Russell Westbrook is playmaking, is he a better playmaker than LeBron James? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even close. So he so and what type of guards on the team do the Lakers have? <laughs> like what do you classify monk? What do you classify none? Like slashers, cutters. Yeah, but what, like, you know, what's their go-to on offense? What do you, what do you expect them to do? You know, they, they oh, score. Sure. score. Yeah, they score. shoot and they score. So it's like, my thing is, with the scoring talent of a monk, scoring talent of a nun, if you get when you get AD back, it's like, do you need LeBron to score to win theoretically? No, you would need elite decision-making because you have scoring archetypes. You have Melo off the bench. You know what I mean? You have scoring archetypes already. So it's like your best bet to win a team would be to have LeBron James average 25, 10, and 8, and then have Monks, Nunn, and AD, you know, have Monk and Nunn average their 15, AD averages 25 to 27, you know what I mean? And then have Westbrook get shipped off for shooters who can chip in their eight to six. Like that's their that's 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 honestly the best way the Lakers can compete at this point. You have scores, like in terms of archetypes, monk, none. THC's a rim penetrator, you know, he's gonna get to the basket and try drill drive and kick and try and score inside. It's like you have those archetypes, so it's like, yeah, Russ makes monk, Russ make LeBron score super easy, but you see what that does to the fluidity. You see what it does to the um, to the defense, really, to what it does, the strain it puts on their defense. They can't really play defensively because they have to compromise their rotations to try and offset Russ's weaknesses on offense. And then ultimately, when it gets to a half court decision making game, you see the limitations of having Russell Westbrook be a decision maker. Like it's just not. If this was Russell Westbrook in 2016, it's a different story. I'm not having these complaints, but you know. Things have changed. Um, Russell Westbrook just hasn't played winning basketball in a while. Like that's just what it's been, and just people just don't want to accept. It. I, mean, I just don't know what to say at this point. It's just too many years of film at this point. I just don't. I I, I don't have any patience to argue about Russell Westbrook. Like, it's just too much film at this point. <laughs> Man, I just uh, I'm trying to. I don't see their avenue for them to try. Like, I've seen bad contracts get traded, and there's only one year left after this, so I'm not going to say 0% chance. I just think the chances are low with a year left. Like, I think in the offseason, he's much easier to move. Teams have guys off the books. They can move picks. There can be cash involved to make it work. You know, that, that, that trade exceptions, possibly. My only thing is say they have to keep – I think he's at 90% chance he stays because it's just so hard to move. I don't yeah, see a team that's interested – like because it's 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 forty four million salary you have to account for. It's just it's 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 a lot. So say they keep it. My only saving grace is 
with AD there, his usage was down, like a career, like almost a career low when AD was there. And I think that is probably the best avenue to use him. But 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 my here's my point with that, as you can hear from his pressure, is he okay with that? Because it's like like Paul, like Paul, Paul tweets too much. Jackson <laughs> brought up a great point about Jeremiah Grant that everybody keeps saying, oh. We know how we Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Grant, um, you know, when people counted that Jeremy Grant's been bad, they say, oh, well, he was good with Denver. You know, he'll be, we want him on the Lakers, he'll be good with the Lakers. Like, well, does Jeremy Grant want to play well as a fourth option? You know I, what I'm saying? Is I, I he inspired I to play well? Well, I, I don't think he'd take his value for his next deal. That's what my guy, I don't think he'd take his value for his I, next I, deal. I don't, I, I don't think he'd take his value either, but it's like, how much is he going to put into that? Or how happy will he be? mentally locked in in that role you know what i'm saying so that's kind of what, I'm, what we're bringing with this Westbrook situation how mentally would is Westbrook going to be locked in because you know what happens when your usage is down now you have to impact the game a lot defensively right you have to actually fight defensively guard your man <laughs> you know what i mean hit your rotations off ball be disciplined it's like come on man like People are asking a lot of things out of Russell Westbrook. People, like, people are acting like they don't need Russell Westbrook to do these things for Lakers to win. And it's just very, very, very funny for that to get brushed off when you know the type of juggernauts that exist. And it's like, it's not like, you know, it, you know, it's Maples, it's not like in 2016 where it's like, or 2017 where you had like, you know, you had LeBron, then you had the Golden State, and everybody else was like beatable. You know, it's the Spurs, they had Kawhi, but it's like all the Hall of Famers were, were aged up. You know, OKC, because of Westbrook, was inconsistent, you know, and KD, and then and that spacing had them beatable. But like in today's game, man, like like the Nets, like we don't even talk about the Nets, bro. They have Kyrie, Harden, and KD on the same team. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't even, like, you know, you know how crazy that is to say that type of team exists, and they're not even the number one threat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like look at the type of NBA environment we are in right now. Right. And for people to look at that and to act like what the Lakers are doing is okay, it's just baffling. That's why I just don't even talk. Because so I'm like, I'm, I just don't even talk. And I'm like, you don't even know the type of teams that we have to go up against bro, <laughs> to win the chip in, in today's game. Like, this is like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well. You make a great point. It's just, it's just a lot of teams that the Lakers have to leapfrog. It's even in the West, Warriors and Phoenix, obviously, and then Utah, Memphis. Maples, what happens if Kawhi and PG come back? What happens? Yeah, see, like, like, people are not even thinking about these teams. Bro. These are the teams with Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George are on the same team in 2022. These are, these are teams that didn't exist six years ago, bro. Like, it's ridiculous what we're dealing with. Today's NBA, people just think, oh, man, the Lakers have a lot of work to talk about. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what the trade deadline looks like. I think the 15th will be a start of a lot of activity. And I think probably by the late January, you'll see a lot of moves being made. And I think the deadline will make some deals, too. You know, deadlines make deals. So, you know, who we'll see how that happens. Anyway, appreciate you guys for tapping in. We a day late, a lot going on. Follow at his Kingsboro on Twitter. Myself, JJ Maple 55 yes, underscore MST. Tap in with the pod. Uh, leave feedback. Um, it's going to be a lot of football talk the next week. It's about to get real slimy. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I'm excited. Can't wait to uh, to view all this, man. Let's go, Dak. Come on, man. Come on, Dakota. Just win, baby. You know. <laughs> all right, y'all. Y'all be safe, man. We out of here. Peace out. Thank you.